Welcome to another episode of Trash Takes. I'm your host, Andrew Nakotra. You can call me Coach. Follow me at the Real Mister Eighty Three on Twitter. I'm here with my co-host Al Hill. You can follow him on Twitter at Sensation underscore Al. But there's an X where the O should be. And this is Trash Takes. You can follow us at Trash Takes Three on Twitter. What a crazy week! Right now, in recording, obviously we dropped this on Monday, but in recording, it is Friday the 19th at 9.17 p.m. Eastern. At this very moment, there's already been moves that happened this week since last episode. Some stuff we were completely wrong about, some things we were nervous about, some things we were excited about, but there's a lot of stuff that did happen. At this present moment, I also want to point out in uh, in important uh, sports news, uh, March Madness, the 15th seed, has upset the Ohio State Buckeyes, the two seed in the tournament, and I'm sorry, what is the name of the school? Oral Roberts. <laughs> Oral uh, Roberts has uh, let, upset let, Ohio let, State. Let the, jokes, let the jokes come out. Uh, I heard uh, a, lot, a lot of good ones. No, so they're, they're, they've been everywhere. They've been all over the internet. It's been fun. Um, that's just amazing. Everyone's bracket is screwed. And if you're the asshole that's bracket is still perfect, you're no friend of mine. You're no, nobody I want to associate with. So Yeah. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, another thing in this present moment, I am really happy. Um, as right now, I'm wearing my Giants jersey, my Eli Manning jersey. I'm happy with some of the things that my New York Giants have been able to pull off in free agency. Some things that have kind of confirmed my uh, doubt about cap space. I don't understand it. It's fake. Um, yeah. because some of the things that they're pulling off, I don't understand. But they did end up re-signing. Uh, Leo Williams to a longer term deal. Big. Uh, got his money. He got paid. Um, it was numbers that I was nervous about, but we pulled it off. It has evidently not stopped us so far from addressing some other needs. You know, Glennon is our uh, backup quarterback, <laughs> replacing Colt McCoy. I honestly think it's an improvement. I think it's an upgrade. Um, we slightly overspent on a backup running back in Devontae Parker, uh, uh, Booker, Booker, sorry. Yeah. And but I still like the signing and the big one that the contract is a lot better than everybody was freaking out about. The big one that I really like is signing tight end Kyle Rudolph. That was solid. I, yeah. I mean, you're, you're the, I hate Evan Ingram man. So uh, of course you're, you're very happy about anybody at tight end besides Evan Ingram. So that's a, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. Now the weird part, the weird part is no indication of getting rid of Evan Ingram. No indication of getting rid of Caden Smith. It's pretty crowded, but there's really no um, reports or rumblings that we're getting rid of anybody. Kyle Rudolph is a better blocker than Evan Ingram. Kyle mm-hmm. Rudolph is a good red zone target. Kyle Rudolph catches the football. He can't do the things that Evan Ingram can do from a physical standpoint, yeah, he's separation, not the method. but he can do things that Evan Ingram can't do. And if we want to look at the history of Jason Garrett, there's really, I think this is more of like a Jason Garrett pressuring type signing or a Joe Judge, however you want to look at it. Gives off a little bit of uh, Jason Witten vibes, how you can use him as a tight end. I, I love it. I- and I think the money is fine too. Two years and like 11 mil and there's a signing bonus and 1 million incentives. Yeah, it's really none, of, a good none of that ever makes sense anymore, dude. I don't understand how we're, oh, I'm going to transfer all the money on my entire contract into a signing bonus, and then I don't have a cap hit. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, do that. Sure, I don't know how that works, but yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. 
Al, the last thing I'm going to do from here on out is ever pretend I'm an expert in the cap space area. It, you know, know it, 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 it's, not, it's a, a, it's a falsehood. It is because if I, I would have thought the Giants are completely handcuffed for their money and they're able to restructure things, they're able to find money. And remember, most of this cap stuff is what unreported or unofficial numbers too. So we don't really have the 100% dollar to dollar availability and stuff like that. We only have really like speculated um dollar amounts as far as cap but all that aside with what they've done so far somehow some way they also got john ross the speedster uh but somehow some way they're still in play for kenny galladay that's a big one they desperately got to make that move man before the ravens pull the trigger because that's another team that is in desperate desperate need of a wide receiver i mean they went bottom of the barrel and pulled des bryant out of retirement last year they need yeah. a receiver and i heard they're in talks with kenny galladay as well but i also heard the giants are heating up so i don't know what's going on there they definitely they cannot let kenny g walk that cannot happen now here's the thing that i'm ready to rip my hair out on now it is friday like i said 9 22 by the time anyone hears my words and your words when this drops, I hope it's all behind us. Kenny G's a giant. Nothing to worry about. It's all well and good. But at this present moment, the dude spent what feels like 7,000 hours in East Rutherford, New Jersey, at 1925, whatever the address is, has spent hours with the organization, the franchise, meeting everybody. And he has gone home now without a deal. We're refreshing Twitter. We're refreshing the timeline to see what's going on and heating up and working on things and the physical, all this different stuff and nothing's done does now does that mean that nothing's happening no it's all a good thing that he spent so much time here it is a good thing but it's a little annoying because how did this day not end with kenny galladay with some sort of deal in the works it's pretty frustrating it's also a little scary again i'm nervous but i'll try to be optimistic again i hope by the time even anyone has heard the hey everybody kenny galladay is a is a giant yeah, no, for sure. That's a that's I mean that's a huge one. That's a, that's a big area of need for the Giants. I, I you know, they they're big. They're, the most recent wide receiver signing they've had was Golden Tate, and he's way past his prime when they signed him, and he's even more past his prime now. So I mean, you gotta if you if you want Danny Dimes to have even a, an inkling of a chance, you can't have me running routes for him. It just ain't gonna no. work like that. And Kenny, yeah, Kenny and G, yeah, nah, bro. Listen, I my, you know my hands are okay. But there is no way I'm keeping up with any of these cornerbacks. I, I'm going to be blanketed the whole time on the field. There is there is no hope of Danny Dimes ever dropping a ball into me. So uh, they yeah. got they got to figure that out. ASAP. The number one the number one wide receiver thing though does a couple things. <clears throat> Kenny Galladay in specifically. The 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 problem, the big reduction in offense from the Giants. Obviously there was play calling and offensive line work and. Some people took steps back. There was no Saquon Barkley. I get it. But one of the bigger things also is uh, Darius Slayton saw a reduction in, in production. Not to run, but he saw a big reduction, a step back. Sterling kind of looked pretty good, and Tate sucked. But Slayton was getting a lot of the number one coverage. The number one cornerbacks were covering Slayton, taking, making him completely irrelevant. That is no longer an issue when Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver like him, comes to the team. And then because that's not an issue, Slayton is most likely to return to a lot of the success he saw in 2019. So it's not just about what Kenny Galladay himself does for your, uh, himself to the team. It's what he does for the entire offense. And so does well, yeah, Stephon Barkley. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, 
even even without an offensive line, Barkley is going to put up numbers. And he's going to be somebody that the defense is constantly thinking about because at any time he could break six tackles and take it 85 yards to the house, no questions asked. And uh, it's an average Sunday, right? I mean, we're looking at, oh, yeah, Saquon Barkley did the thing again. Uh, so yeah. you, have a, you have an offensive piece like that, and suddenly the cornerbacks, you know, or the safeties – have to respect it and they have to come up on a play action whereas you know when it's uh whoever whoever the hell was running the ball this year i can't even remember his name anymore gallman yeah when 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 wayne gallman is running the ball you know the safeties are kind of like eh i could probably you know stay an extra two steps deep where you know if that's if that's saquon barkley running the ball suddenly they need to be hitting the hole faster and that changes how play action works. It changes so much, and like you said, it changes how they how they how they cover on the field. And there was a lot of Darius Slayton talk before last season because the season before that he had had a, a good year, and everybody expected right. progress. And he came into the year as the guy when he is definitely not ready to be the guy. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got yeah no he's got a lot there, and everybody saw it. And they liked what they saw out of him, but he needs, if he's a number two, he's in a good spot. And I think that's what Kenny Galladay lets him do is Kenny Galladay is going to gonna take the, the looks from the number one corners and whatever else. And Darius Slayton is going to get a lot, a lot better looks throughout the season. He's going to, he's going to definitely, I think definitely progressed back towards what he was previously, how whether or not you know he takes like a giant leap, I'm not gonna not gonna say anything on that. But you know, uh, I would I would assume that his numbers are a lot better this season. Yeah, I just see the field opening up for him. I don't see the red zone <clears throat> numbers being made, like nine touchdowns. But no, God, that's what God, Galladay's gonna be that guy. Galladay's a big body guy. He's gonna be your red zone guy. Exactly. Now, one other thing is Dory Jackson is still out there. He's coming and meeting with us as well. Al, I can't explain to you. Now, again, I don't understand the finances. I don't care. It's not my job to. I don't nope. care about the numbers. Bottom line is the Giants are confident that they can have a conversation with Kenny Galladay and a serious conversation with Dory Jackson. And if he ends up signing, my goodness, that defense. Yeah, that's, my a, goodness. that's a big problem. I mean, you don't have to worry about cornerback one. Bradbury's that dude. You get a yep. Dory Jackson, whether he's your two or your three. Either way, it's an upgrade in, at, at one of those spots. Who is who is their cornerback two? two? We would be with Don, uh, Dante Holmes if we don't okay. uh, sign him. Or uh, Love can be a, a cornerback. Um, we were looking at some of the veteran guys, too. We were looking at dra possibly in the draft, too. But um, Adore Jackson would be huge. I mean, those two corners would be solid. I love our safeties. Uh, McKinney, love our linebackers. Even Mr. Irrelevant, Tay Crowder, uh, is, is someone to, to look out for. And then... If you get both, not only am I going to give whatever David Gettleman wants from my life, from my savings, from my possessions, if he gets both, Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson. But in the draft, that leaves you, I think, in a good position to then draft the linebacker, Mika uh, Parsons. And then for, just forget State, it. Yeah. On both sides of the ball, you'd have the Giants take a huge leap from the six-win team that looked pretty bad on offense. Very good on defense, obviously. But pretty good, uh, bad on offense, and you're – taking a huge step forward in what's an easily winnable division and then we start looking at SC. I'm being optimistic obviously, but I'm not joking when I think that this offseason with the stuff we're talking about and we haven't even gotten to the draft yet, big step forward. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the NFC East for a second. Let's take a let's take a sidestep. 
Uh, how you feel about the Washington football team, bro? Curtis Samuel added to that offense is a problem, bro. Terry is not going to be the only dude on the field. They're suddenly going to have to cover somebody else. Terry's numbers are going to be, you know, pun intended, scary. Uh, yeah. Curtis Samuel is going to put up some numbers again. Antonio Gibson looked really, really good last year. Like they, I got, I they got to be. You know, I wanted, I want to say they got to be the favorite, but you know, if Dak comes back healthy and throws for fifty-seven hundred yards the way it looked like he was going to last year, you know, it's Dallas could could do it. But Washington is a problem, man. Chase Young's only going to get better. What was it, eight and a half sacks last year? He's on pace for like you know, eighteen and a half this year, twenty-eight and a half the next year, something like that. Uh, that dude's a problem. That whole defense is an issue for everybody who plays them. And yeah. you know, you add weapons. Uh, they address quarterback kind of right. Who did they? Well, here's where here's the point I was going to get to. No matter what they've done, and Fitz Magic, Fitz Magic. No matter what they've done, there they have a ceiling that is just not high enough. As long as Fitz Magic is running the entire show, I, I listen. If Fitz, I think that that defense can win enough games that if Fitz Magic gets hot come playoff time, you're gonna have some problems. Because if Fitz Mag, you you've seen the games, Fitz Magic, 500 yards, seven touchdowns, dude. If he in starts in the first five weeks. In the first in, five weeks. No, it's at random spurts throughout the season where he has five games in a row where he throws 35 touchdowns over five games. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, yeah, that that's a thing. And then he'll also throw seven picks the game after. So you know like you know what you're getting out of him. I think that defense is good enough to make them a playoff team because I watched the Jets almost be a playoff team with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm with a much worse defense. That was a rough last game of the season. Um, Buffalo Bills. What I will say is you're, you're right in my number one team I am concerned with in, in competition-wise in the East is Washington. I mean, they just won the division, first of all. And, yeah, I think on offense they've gotten better. I don't trust the quarterback, but, yes. The reason why I'm not scared of the Cowboys is because no, no matter how many touchdowns, yards, or whatever it is that Dak does, that defense is still abysmal and it's gotten none better. So – until I see some crazy moves, you're not winning when your defense gives up 30 points uh, per game. So that's everything really so far on the Giants front. Uh, again, I hope by the time this even drops, my nervousness is gone. There's no if Kenny Galladay. It's already with Kenny Galladay. I hope also that Adore Jackson or somebody's going to meet with the Eagles too, so you never know. Yeah. How is all things on the Jets front? It's gravy, baby. We made all the moves, all the right moves. I love everything they did. They kept adding like random guys, and it's just everything is working out. Uh, I mean, you start with uh, Jared Davis was the first one they signed, a uh, linebacker out of Detroit. Uh, from everything that I've seen, he was just not a scheme fit in Detroit. Uh, he has good coverage grades, which the Jets definitely need because their linebackers could not cover me if I was running routes. Um, so that's huge. They needed something like that. Obviously, bringing back CJ Mosley uh, this season as well because uh, he opted out last year. So bringing back CJ Mosley, adding Jared Davis to that helps the linebacking core significantly. Uh, then you move on to their next moves from the first day. Uh, I was... Corey Davis, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, not my number one choice. My number one choice was was Curtis Samuel. I thought he brought more of what the Jets needed. 
but I like the idea of just getting any weapons they can. So now the Jets are looking at uh, a wide receiver. At this point, the wide, the wide receiver core was Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, which is you know really good. Stop. Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims in his short spree with the Jets last year uh, when he was healthy looked really good. Uh, the Jets just could not get him the ball because their offensive line was abysmal and Sam was awful um do you know did you know that Corey davis so far until kenny signed with hopefully the giants he's got the highest wide receiver contract this year of all the free agents you guys have paid the 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 highest guarantee sounds about uh, right we had all the money in the world so i just well i'm saying like <laughs> if you told me that wasn't in my bingo card of Corey davis getting the most money out of all the wide yeah. receiver free agents is what it is but yeah. uh yeah so Corey davis really big obviously their goal at that point was Corey Davis or Denzel Mims as your one, the uh, the latter, the the other one as their two, and then Jameson Crowder in the slot looked really like looked really really nice, right? Uh, and then the, the end of the first day, Carl Lawson, defensive end from one. Cincinnati, huge, huge. Okay. The Jets haven't had a pass rusher since John Abraham in 2007. Uh, this dude is a problem on the field. He was triple teamed in Cincinnati because they were abysmal. Uh, but his advanced metrics are fantastic. He is a dude with a ceiling to the moon. And pairing him on a line with Quinn and Williams gives him that help where he's probably going to see those sack numbers jump yeah, astronomically. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's finally going to see those advanced metrics where you know he's winning his one on ones, but he's not getting one on ones in Cincinnati because who else is there? Sixty year old Geno Atkins, not scary, right? Uh, now he now you got Quinn Williams and Carl Lawson. We finally have a pass rush. So the idea here is now we've added off we've added offensive weapons. We added coverage. We added we added covered a cover linebacker. We added pass rush. So that's going to help the secondary because they don't have to cover for eight seconds at a time. Beautiful, right? fantastic we're in a great spot so then they come back and today or yesterday one of those two keelan cole wide receiver from the jaguars another big one so now the receiving core is even better we're in another spot where we're talking again mims or davis one and two uh one of them will take over hopefully obviously uh keelan cole is a deep threat jameson crowder in the slot tons tons of weapon no no excuses for sam at this point it is looking fantastic uh they signed the marcus yeah now then they signed the marcus joiner uh who is going to move back to free safety where his pff grades were like 75 and 90 in the two seasons he was with the rams so he was a great free safety he signed with the raiders they forced him to play nickel corner where he was awful so the Jets are moving him back to a position where he had tons of success. Obviously, I'm huge on Robert Sala. I think anything he touches turns to gold, right? So you get these defensive guys in with tons of tons of talent, tons of ability, and I think he's going to put them in spots where they're going to succeed and mold them into you know, th the future of this team on defense. So a, a, a guy like that is huge opposite Marcus May. I think they need to play probably some like weird three safety stuff because i think you need to have ash and davis on the field unless they sign a corner they i need kyle fuller well, richard sherman kwan williams 
any of no, these. No, Fuller went to the Broncos, didn't he? Did he? Think so. I Did thought I saw something like that. I, or, or no, they or signed. They, they signed. Uh, they re-signed one of their own guys. I'm pretty sure. Uh, now, now this is the thing. You guys still have money with the moves that you've made. There's also cornerbacks you can trade for. This is um, what I said. Kyle, Kyle Fuller, K1 Williams, and Richard Sherman are the top three on my list. Yeah. So I think they definitely need to upgrade at corner. Uh, another one, uh, and I forgot, the Giants actually did add, uh, add a uh, pass rusher from the Vikings. If I try to say his name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to call him Itty. And he's going to stay that way forever. Um, but solid uh, solid pass rusher. I think he had five and a half sacks last year. Um, listen, they took one of our guys. We took one of theirs. I am wondering, though, if there – and I could be wrong. Is there any compensatory pick for – uh, Tomlinson going to the Vikings? I couldn't tell you, dude. I don't know how those work. Sure. All I know, all I know is that the Patriots always end up with like six of those. Speaking of Patriots, uh, let me let me, may... let me let me let me finish let me finish some Jets first, because yes. uh, <laughs> I am Whoa. I am ecstatic <laughs> with everything they've done so far. Obviously, they have all the weapons. I think this sets them up to go into the draft and just hammer offensive line. And I trust everything Joe Douglas does when he touches an offensive lineman. He's a good one. I trust everything that he's going to do with offensive line. I think this sets you up in a position. If, if you want to go the Sam route, right, I think uh, he can be serviceable. Whether or not he's going to be a superstar, probably not. Um, you know, I think you give him this year, right? So you give him these weapons. But this gives you a spot where you can take Sewell at two. And now you have both of your tackles anchored down for forever. Uh, that would kick George Fant inside to guard, which would upgrade one of your guard positions. Connor McGovern is good at center, uh, so we don't have a worry there. And then you could take a guard with either uh, the 23 from Seattle or a second or third round pick, and you have your offensive line set, right? You don't really need to touch your offensive line after that. You have two young tackles, a good center, George Fant playing guard. Your other guard is whoever they choose to take in the you know late first, early second round. Uh, and I think that sets up their offense where now you have you have weapons. And the only thing I wish they had signed Philip Lindsay. He just went to Houston like 10 minutes ago. Uh, I think that was that's a position that they also need to address in the draft. But now you have weapons and you have a line. And you can see what Sam gives you. And they have two first-round picks next year. If they really don't think Sam's the guy after this year, they can trade up, package some picks, take whatever quarterback they want next year's draft and there he is set behind a good line with weapons and we can develop him the way we want and and that's it, the big point and i, I think huge. that's why the jets do roll the dice on on sam because they're in the position saying yeah we have this year to test it out with getting him everything that we got him and if it don't work out we have our back or a, a chance at a backup plan in the future but that future plan won't be coming into a dumpster fire of yeah. no protection and no weapons, they become into a pretty good situation. You know, it's, it's, that any it's quarterback huge would the way they fight. have it set up right now. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, Corey Davis's contract is incredible because if is it, it turns out, yeah. So uh, it's three years. I think it's thirty-seven and a half. So it's like twelve-ish a year. But the first two years are fully guaranteed, however much it is. The third year, he's like a six hundred thousand dollar cap hit. So if you know if he regresses massively, we got two years of the guy and he's out. So it's whatever. Yeah. If not, you know, you know if he if he turns into that dude, you just give him an extension. 
It's a real, it's a really team friendly contract. The third year is basically a team option, without without it being written into the contract. Now all these contracts have been pretty, have been crazy. It's hard to wrap my head around, and I I don't know if it's a product of just the pandemic year, um, or what. But I thought players would have been smarter in setting up, you know, either taking be- really good contracts for them now. And there are players that did. We saw Trent Williams out there. We saw a yeah. bunch of people get paid. I want to I want to address that one. Trent Williams yeah, yeah. took a year off, came back. And was so unbelievably dominant at left tackle that he said, hey, make me the highest paid tackle in football. And the 49ers said, yeah. 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 You know what? We will do that. Did you see how petty he was, by the way, uh, with his contract numbers? No. So whoever it was, I think David Bakhtiari was the highest paid tackle in football before his contract came out. Uh, he yeah. made sure that his contract, so whatever it was, it's like $17 million a year or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Trent Williams' contract is like $17 million.01. <laughs> just, just, just to become the highest paid. There you go. We always say, do players care about that? Like, oh, how, how do you take this contract when so-and-so has another contract that's better than it, you know, bigger than yours and, and you're better than them? I guess, no, Trent Williams was not going to let that happen. Nope. Uh, I'm so that dude. Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, there, man. There's there was definitely some big dollars shelled out, but at the same time, there was some smart players in the game that said, no, 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 I am I'm seeing these organizations not bite on something big, like some of the wide receivers did, and said, I'll take my one year deal. Juju, Juju Schuster, yeah, with, big one. Job. I'll take my one year deal and roll the dice when we get more money next year. And organizations are way willing to spend more, you know, the long-term mm-hmm. money, the guaranteed money. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice. And this is the thing that I'm nervous about with Kenny Galladay because Kenny's got a, a weird thing going where he's not a very healthy player it, it's so far. Last year he played five games. So I think he's caught in saying, man, do, do I do what a, a, a Juju did? And I, I take this one-year deal knowing I can get a better contract next year. But if I so much as stub my toe, in this year upcoming i will tank my value because now it's two back-to-back years of concern i'm one year older that whole nine so he's in a weird spot but i think some players across the league that took these one years or these very short term that are you can get out you know uh very low commitment they're looking for the future saying i'll roll my dice when the nfl gets more money yeah yeah i i like that juju deal surprised me because i think before free agency opened or like right when free agency opened he like confirmed on twitter that he wasn't going back to the steelers so to go back to the steelers in the way that he did was kind of weird especially when he was talking to a bunch of different teams he was talking to the jets at one point um that was post Corey davis signing and then i guess the jets you know decided on keelan cole instead uh you know good really good deal it was like one year five million dollars or something so the jets got him dirt cheap awesome fantastic don't gotta pay juju don't gotta deal with the corvette corvette so i mean i was gonna say i think (laughs) That was that was it, dude. That was what Joe Douglas was like. You know, maybe I'll take Keelan Cole instead. You yeah, watch, you watch too wasn't many dance videos. He wasn't a fit for the Giants. He wasn't really a fit for the Jets. I mean, no. Juju, what? He works best in the corner. I mean, he's then... he's yeah, he's like a two or a, a good slot, and the Jets kind of already have those guys. So I mean, you go out, you get Corey Davis, who could be a one. You hope Denzel Mims is a one. Uh, you, you try yeah. and you try and see what you can get there. So uh, the Jets definitely made the the better move than taking taking Juju Smith Schuster, which was the, the felt like a cop out kind of thing. 
So you're good on the Jets. Oh, I'm fantastic on the Jets. So let me ask you something. Go Do you ahead. think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that Trash Takes is so popular that Bill Belichick was listening in and heard you talk all the shit about the Patriots and said, okay, hold my oh. beer. Oh, 100%. I scheduled, I scheduled that tweet, and he knew. He knew. He saw it. And he was like, "I'm not gonna." And and the Bill Belichick, you know, Bill, you know, Bill Belichick, I'm not gonna take this. No zero emotion. He was wearing a hoodie with the sleeves cut off, and he looked at my tweet and he was like, "Fuck that guy." Yeah. And uh, he went out, spent all the dollars, every dollar he had, every dollar that he didn't spend to support Tom Brady, uh, spent it now. Yeah. And the Patriots. I mean, let's. You gotta give them credit. Well, they took Jonu Smith and they took Hunter Henry. Um, they obviously have their contract in place for Cam yeah. Newton. They signed who else was it? So I have I have the uh, list here. I, I made the joke when they signed Hunter Henry that it was the uh, it was Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, except nobody killed anyone. Right. Uh, right so they're, they're rebuilding that obviously. Uh, Matthew Judon, pass rusher from the Ravens. Uh, yes. Big one. That's that's another really big, big one. Yes. Uh, Jalen yep. Mills from the Eagles. Eh, he's an Eagles cornerback. I heard nothing but complaints corner, about yeah. the Eagles because uh, or from Eagles fans because their corners have been terrible. Uh, Nelson Aguilar definitely earned a big deal. He got two years, $26 million. That's a big one uh, yep. because I don't know what their water receivers are like over there. Uh, Kendrick, I think considering that's expensive. I think that is expensive. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, that's more money a season than Corey Davis got for Nelson mm-hmm. Aguilar, who is one year removed from being a joke in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Bourne, another wide receiver. So you got two wide receivers and two tight ends for Cam. You're giving Cam all the weapons there. You, uh, have, um, you have the guys coming back from the opt-out, too. You have Dante Hightower who is coming back as well. So, mm-hmm. And they got uh, Kyle Van Noy back. Yep. So the defense gets a huge boost for, I don't know, are they going to look like 2019 when they were literally like ranked one in points? Uh, given up, which is so scary. Now, probably not on the same level, but even if they're anywhere close. So you're going to the 719 last year. That was one fumble away from being eight and eight. Um, and now you beefed up the offense and beefed up the defense with returning players. Uh, that's scary for the uh, for the uh, AFC East. No matter how good you th- think the Bills are, or how good you think the Dolphins could get, uh, who signed Will Fuller, uh, <laughs> that's scary. You know, because it seems like all right, we are going to try to make our run. If there were a seven-win team last year, which would I would call a pretty bad uh, um, roster, they really were a bad roster. What do they look like with what we just saw in this free agency? And yeah. we didn't even get the draft yet. I, I mean, I still I don't think they're gonna dethrone the Bills. I still I still give the Bills the edge. Um the Dolphins, very, very close. Very close. I that's like a that's a coin flip for me. I think the the Patriots and the Dolphins now are a, a complete coin flip. Um whoever, you know, ha, whoever has the better day on Sunday is gonna be that team that ends up being second in the AFC East. Um, obviously, there's no Fitz magic there anymore. So you're talking about Tua being the guy 
regardless. So it, it's no longer that flip-flop back and forth. Two is that dude. Uh, you have to rely on him and hope that he can get the job done with that spectacular defense they have built on there. Um, so right. it's a it's a, it's an interesting scenario, yeah. Where I, I I mean, right now, just because we haven't seen them perform in the field yet, I have to give the edge to the Dolphins still. But I do think it's going to be really really close. And if you know if all the pieces work out the way uh, obviously Bill Belichick thinks they're going to, I would assume that it is you know neck and neck the whole season, and one of them ends up just edging the other out for a playoff spot. I remember one thing we're not considering. Things start to go awry and Bill knows uh, we're going for it type of year. He might pull out a cheating scandal just to mix it in. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> so, yeah, there were some fun things in free agency. And the best part about it is it's not over, right? There's, yeah. No, there's still some guys, like I was saying. I mean, the Jets still have money to sign a corner. They desperately need one, obviously. I think Bryce Hall can still be a starter. Uh, he came out of, uh, I think, UVA. And um, he tore his ACL two years ago in college. Uh, he came into the season as, like, one of the higher-rated cornerbacks of the year. And, obviously, we didn't get to see him perform. The Jets ended up with him as, like, a fourth-round pick. And I think if he remains healthy, he'll be a starter. So, obviously, you want I, – I, I desperately want Richard Sherman, K1 Williams, Kyle Fuller, one of these guys to take up the other slot and let Bryce Hall get his playing time. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of guys. Obviously, you're you're sitting here waiting on Kenny G. God knows what's going on with him. Uh, man's probably playing a saxophone or something. Uh, Dude, no. <laughs> I, someone already sent me that uh, gif when I tweeted. Uh, I tweeted it was like – looking at something for kenny g or something like that and they sent that and it was well done very good timing yeah they sent the sax on the whole line it's uh dude i really think that some of these these guys that are doing negotiations with um general managers and franchises i think they sit on a couch together and i tweeted this they just look at their phone and laugh at the fan bases that are waiting for things to happen like i think a deal's already in place i think it's all over i think i think kenny and son said we're not releasing this for days but how funny is this shit let's go eat dinner let's spend days together and oh. just keep scrolling and seeing the outrage and people's heads exploding yeah no they i mean they definitely do that to an extent did you see what the jets tweeted out the other day no uh they, they tweeted out a tier list of all of their favorite reply or their favorite mentions uh, for free agency, and some of them were really, really good. Uh, I might try and try and bring some up. Yeah, but they, they, I mean, they definitely take note of what people are sending them. Uh, and obviously, they acknowledge that you know we're we're way too way more invested than we probably should be in this uh, in in these teams. Um, dude, but it's such a big deal, especially in New York. Come it, on, dude, I mean, biggest market in the world. Exactly, and we've been losing. <laughs> We've been losing so much. How can we not freak the hell out? You know, like it's we need these guys, right? We need these guys to to be competitive. So we're all just on edge. Can't wait to get to get these guys on our team. Uh, yeah. So I I, I pulled up. It? I pulled it up. Uh, so a tier. I'll just go through the eight uh, the first one because that's the best one. Uh, let's spend that stimmy at New York Jets. <laughs> Love it. I mean, that, that that's that's a classic one piece. That can be used for everybody. Let's spend that stimmy, Jets. And they sure did. Now, I think they did it well. So you're, you're good on free agency. I'm good on free agency, bro. I, I, I pled my case 
The Jets are going to the Super Bowl. Everybody else is fucked. Jets, Jets Giants Super Bowl. Let's do it. Um, Yankee, now, Yankee, can we Yankees Mets Super not Super Bowl Yankees Mets World Series might actually be a thing this year, dude. It might be possible. It it definitely is possible. Both teams are now bumping into some injury concerns, but I, I do want to give a quick update. Carlos Carrasco. So so uh, again, Friday, March nineteenth, this present moment, the Knicks have gone back to five hundred basketball. Nice. They uh, had a back and forth week, and I'm going to touch on that week. But let me make one comment about other New York teams. So yeah, yeah, the Mets, Mets, Yankees, they're ramping up for spring training. We got the Giants, Jets, they're ramping up for free agency. I'm not going to get anyone excited who might be a hockey fan. This podcast will not go heavy into hockey. Let me just get it right out there. It's not going to happen. But I want to make some comments. Islander fans, enjoy it. Enjoy the run. It, it seems like you are that team. You're, you're sitting on top of the throne. Rangers fans, I don't know what the hell's happened to the Rangers. If you told me they were going to be this bad, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, but it looks like they're bouncing back a little bit. But Islander fans, be, be careful. This week... Uh, I don't know if you saw this. The Rangers, while their coach, who is abysmal, I still hope he has a speedy recovery. He had, he got COVID, David Quinn. He was out and the entire staff was out. They literally did not have a coach. Did not have a coach. They had, like, the general manager on the bench. Um, they went out and beat the Flyers by nine goals. <laughs> nine zero. That You're not going to see that for the rest of this season, and you may not see it again. They destroyed them. Now, the shit that I got said to me is like, ah, it wasn't so much the Rangers winning. It was the Flyers losing, all this stuff. And the next day, what happens? The Flyers beat the Islanders 4-3. to three. And all I'm going to say is, is that the, uh, the Islanders went on the streak. They lost their captain, Anders Lee, for the rest of the season with an ACL tear. That's brutal. Careful. Careful on the shit. Okay? Careful on the shit talk. Because... I don't know how they keep it together for the rest of the season. That's all I'm saying. You lose your captain, you start to lose games, you lose teams you probably shouldn't lose to, just pump the brakes. And Rangers, get your shit together, fire your coach before he even recovers from COVID. All right, now let me move back on to the Knicks. They had an interesting week. They played the Brooklyn Nets, the fake New York team, the non-real, the New Jersey Nets, they played a very, very close tight game. They drove me to drink, Al. I, I, I was <laughs> losing mine as I normally do on Twitter. Um, had another tough game against the Sixers. These are two of the top teams in not only yeah. the East, but in the league in general. For sure. Um, played close games down to the wire and lose on some fuck shit. Now, the things I want to talk about is not the competitiveness of the game and how close we kept these top teams. But what I want to point out is how egregiously bad, and I love that word, egregiously bad NBA officiating is. And it's not just NBA officiating, it's all sports officiating. Yeah. All of them. It's all bad. It's all bad. Now, the problem <clears throat> is, is there's no accountability. So I just saw a tweet. I don't know what the interaction was. I wasn't watching the Clippers game. But I just saw a tweet right before this podcast, and I already wanted to rip uh, a new one into all the officials. So the timing's perfect. But I saw a tweet that Paul George has been fined $35,000 for his comments about the referees after the game. I don't know what he said. I don't care. I don't, know what, I don't care what happened in game of whose fault it was. 
But the bottom line is, ref made a bad call. Paul, Paul George was not happy about it. He and got fined. That's ridiculous. So not only do these players have to go out there, put everything on the line. Now, I know they get paid millions of dollars, but put everything out on the line. It's a ridiculously competitive game. This is NFL, NBA, baseball. I don't care. But when, when referees get it so terribly wrong that drastically changes the game, can literally change the course of, uh, and results of huge games, as we've seen so many times in watching sports, get it completely wrong, and players can't even force... Not only is there no accountability, there's no fines for a referee. They don't get benched. I mean, I hardly hear of referee firings. Maybe it goes under the radar. But I've seen the same referees referee for decades since I was a kid sometimes. And I don't hear about any repercussions. And then a player can't even voice his opinion about how bad the calls were or else he gets fined. Like, yeah. why are they protecting such trash um, officiating in all sports? I know it's a hard job. But every other player in every league gets shit on if they're bad, right? Yeah. How often? You, you shit on all the players you follow if they're bad, right? Oh, the yeah. Oh, bro, we're from New York. Exactly. Uh, you could, I so, mean, week week to week, you're either the best or the worst. There's no in between. Exactly. And the top guys in every league, they get they get all the scrutiny when they're bad. And they obviously get the praise when they're good. And, and referees never get praise when they're good. And I'll hand it to them. Because you, you never say, well, that was a great officiating, unless it's N, uh, uh, NFL. If, a co if they don't throw flags, I usually throw them the whole, I like how they're letting them play. And same thing with the NBA, actually. I like how they're letting them play. But other than that, you never pat them on the back. So I'll, I'll give them that. But the fact that there's no scrutiny, there's no accountability, um, you're not even allowed to voice your opinion how bad officiating was, or you get fined. That's ridiculous. I mean, it takes me back. So that's the recent moment. It takes me back to baseball. I'll never, ever forget this. Let's call it 2014. I feel like we bring up that year so many times, but Tory Hunter was in, who's like a super respected dude, loved him, loved watching him play in the outfield. But he, I'll never forget this, it was one of his final years. He gets up and gets called out on strikes on the worst pitch of all time. And it was to end the game, I think, or like to get two outs in the ninth. Mm -hmm. And after the game, he's a very, you know, he's, he's a very respectful. At this point in the game, too, he's very like a uh, respected guy. But he comes out and he says, you know what? I guess the umpire had dinner plans that night. And, and was rushing. That's the only comedy made. And now I think I find fifty thousand dollars for it. Obviously, Chump changed him at the time. But yeah. all he said was, ah, "I guess he had dinner plans." They're protecting these guys so much in the leagues, and I, I, I don't crazy. I don't get it. So I do have a solution though, because maybe you're going to turn around and say, "Andrew, you can't scrutinize them. They don't get paid like the players do. You you can't scrutinize. They don't get the praise like players do." Or or whatever it might be, you know. But players bad, they get benched. A player super bad, they get cut, or they don't get paid, or they don't get resigned. You know, mm -hmm. I don't see that happen to referees. But why don't you do this? Elevate the accountability. Elevate their pay. Pay the referees, the umpires, the officials, however you want to call them. Pay them more, and then make it okay to dig into them. I mean, you have even got people in the media that are like hesitant and scared to talk about referees. It's like this unspoken and sort of spoken thing. You cannot talk about officiating. That's, yeah, that's where I was gonna head to. You know, it's like, like what is it? it's it's like some it's like some like like secret cult that's like the the referees where they they're like pull they got to be pulling all the strings or something, right? It doesn't make any sense. I'm right there with you. I mean, so there's some where 
I'm gonna this is this is an example and I know you're gonna you're gonna like this one Armando Galarraga uh this is a, this is the exact opposite example of bad refereeing Jim Joyce made arguably the worst call on MLB like MLB history very clearly took a perfect game away from Armando Galarraga forever ago um and he came out and said he was like torn like this is this is a guy where you this is the kind of referee you want he came out after he was like I messed up I took a perfect game away from that kid I can never take that back for the rest of that kid's life. Like he's gonna know that he threw, he went out there, he pitched a hell of a game, he pitched himself a perfect game, and I took that away from him. And I'll never yeah. like I'll never let that go. And he said he was like in tears over it. That's the kind of referee that you want out there every day, where he's gonna take it that seriously. He made that mistake, and of course it's like it's history changing because perfect games, you know, ne never happen. We're he, talking his career was never the same. His career was never the same. He he didn't really have anything going for him after yeah. the fact, and that umpire actually weeped. You're right. Yeah, he, he was crying because I'm pretty sure uh, they sent the pitcher out to give the lineup card the next day, on purpose, and uh, or the next time they faced him. Yeah, probably. And that the umpire just lost it, and and rightfully so. Listen, that's one example a thousand years ago. That's that the umpire actually owned up but to it. Those, and it's yeah, the biggest those, blunder in history. Those are the guys that you want out there, but I mean these referees are atrocious i can't i can't understand the concept of you can't criticize them at all how are they ever going to get better everybody complains about the refs all the time because the refs make yeah. mistakes constantly i'm a guy where my sports team is heavily affected by this because aaron judge is six foot nine and they call strikes like he is five foot eight the ball is yeah. at his shins it is unhittable for Aaron Judge in particular because of his height they need to clarify that on other players maybe you could get away with calling a strike it's borderline Aaron Judge is a mutant that cannot be called a strike it is outside the realm of possibility for Aaron Judge to swing at that pitch and recently that came up where he went and said something about how he how like how he deals with those pitches and he's like well, I don't really take it to heart because I don't want to swing at bad balls. And I'm not going to get in the habit of swinging at bad balls because the refs are call or the umps are calling them strikes. Yeah, I'm so going to out. I'm, I'm going to take the out and I'm not going to freak out because it's going to affect me and it's going to affect the player, like my teammates. If I'm, if I'm over there getting, getting amped up about that kind of stuff, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to hit the ball to the moon basically is what it, what, what he came with. Ow. But that kind of stuff Ow. is terrible. Now, and what would happen if Aaron Judge turned around to the umpire and argued balls and strikes for even a second? Yeah, no. Aaron Judge, the nicest human being to ever play baseball, would be ejected from the baseball game and probably fined. They would take money away from him because he said, hey, that was not a good pitch. And That's he it. was correct, but... For whatever reason, we're never ever allowed to say anything to these idiots that wear black and white. Please do me a favor. You don't have to do it now. And anyone listening, there was a moment in Carlos Beltran's Met career. I will never forget this. He gets called out on on uh, strikes. I swear he doesn't. See, you can see his lips. He doesn't say a word. He drops the bat. He turns his head to the umpire. I, as soon as he turns his head to the umpire, before his bat even touches the ground, like he got did a shrug, the umpire tossed him out. And Carlos was just sitting there like, <laughs> I, can't even, <laughs> I can't even look in your direction. Like, I was 
crying. And it's I was, like, it's crying. crazy. It they if they're having a bad day, they got stuck in traffic <laughs> on the way to the stadium. Whatever it might be, they they yeah. you but you that that can suddenly be grounds for them to throw you out of the game. And it's like, yeah. do you understand how much that impacts? Especially in the NFL, it's way worse in the NFL because it's a 16-game season. Obviously, if you know Aaron Judge gets thrown out of one game out of 162, it's not going to be the end of the world because the Yankees are probably going to win 100 or close to 100 anyway, and they're going to like they're going to make the playoffs. But you're talking like an NFL game if you get ejected. What are you kidding me? And dude, it's not even just that. It's not about the ejection in the NFL. I think the NFL, you know, with, with NBA, it's pretty bad. They call a foul they shouldn't have called. You're talking about adding extra points to a game that's decided by one all the time. Can't yep. be doing that. You're talking about uh, baseball. You can be extending an at-bat for the best, one of the best sluggers in the lineup or having him walk or strike out when you ha have a big opportunity. That's huge. NFL, you can just give up a 40-yard play on a bad pass interference call on third down that would have instead given the ball to the other team. You're talking about completely changing the course of history mm -hmm. as far as you know midseason because we've seen in the playoffs in my bad, opinion, real bad championship this nfc championship was horribly officiated at the end of the game um when otherwise they were doing very well on letting them play they were picking and choosing but my biggest thing is there's definitely something going on the uh, maybe they're tied to vegas and they can get everyone killed if you argue with them because remember That's when we had the rule change the, the rule change uh, after the Rams-Saints playoff game, I think, in 2017-2018 of the uh, targeting hit that got the replay system put in for calls. For, for calls. Now, they did say, oh, it's for those blatant calls. But there's no logical reason on earth that if you end up reviewing a call and you see a blatant penalty or lack thereof, where it's like, oops, we, we threw the flag and we shouldn't have, that you shouldn't call it. But instead... The referees clearly got together and said, and maybe the NFL too, and said, we hate that we were forced to do this rule. Let's purposely bury it. They purposely buried the it. replay rule by getting all the replays wrong. The success rate of replays, no matter how blatant they were, was like four percent, three percent. I don't, I, yeah, I don't understand. They, uh, that, yeah, it's I. They get the signal to New York so fast. It's 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 to New York before it's to our homes. Yeah. Have one guy per game hire thirty-two guys to go over and watch these plays and make sure they're well versed in the rule book so they understand every you know the ins and outs of everything. Have this guy just sit there and anytime the refs throw a flag, have him press a button and he could watch yeah. he could watch the last ten seconds of that play on loop over and over again yeah. because by the time they call the play but by the time they get they huddle and they call the flag anyway it's 15 20 seconds he could have watched he could have watched what happened five times hey not nah pick it up and done and they will be perfect for the refs people say oh they won't be perfect they'll be perfect for them because they they'll be the ones uh keeping continuity in the game and keeping the game moving just so you don't have to look up to a buzzer or something like that every time there's an nfl play so there's still uh a reason for yep. them to be there even with your idea I will say, like I said, I'm literally saying all of these trash cans should get paid more. I'm literally advocating for them to get paid more because I want them to be held accountable. I want them to get fined. I want them to get fired. I yeah. want there to be pressure. It's crazy. It, it's almost like they're they, teachers where they where they have tenure. They're like untouchable no, past a certain union. point. It's crazy. A lot of them are in union. But I'm saying like, it. I want there to be a fear that you might lose your job. Dude, 
umpires, you're so bad, you're about to cause every umpire across the league to lose their job yeah. because they're going to put in robot umps. How Let's, about just uh, get better, and get more consistent? Yeah. No, I and we got we got to we got to so bad. Yeah, we so we got I mean we got to wrap it up. We're, you know, a little bit over 50 minutes in here. Uh, I, I, I completely blew past the idea of getting within that time frame. I, I just had to. No, and it, these guys it, it, need, it needs else. to be said. You know, we, we touched on everything we needed to touch on for sure. Obviously, free agency is the biggest thing going on in sports right now. Uh, obviously, you know, Andrew wanted to to ream the refs real quick. Uh, Well-deserved, might I add. Well um uh, let's leave them. Let's leave them. Let's leave everybody with a little, a little tidbit. If you want to see what we're talking about, go watch. Just go on YouTube and type in Angel Hernandez, yes. and you will, without a doubt, see the worst highlight reel, low light reel ever. Yeah. That man is abysmal, and for whatever reason, per the MLB, he is untouchable, and he will continue to ref games he has or ump games he has been he has been called out by multiple baseball players as being just the worst team after team after all 30 teams in baseball think this guy's a loser idiot and the guy is untouchable it's not just games big games playoff games games. yeah huge games you know so, I, I, listen, I have no problem hammering with an, uh, the officials. It has to be addressed. And, look, I am their guardian angel. I am advocating for more money, but I'm also advocating for more accountability. So, uh, we'll leave it off there. Um, and hopefully by next uh, episode, we're talking about how Kenny G is going to be the greatest wide receiver the Giants have had. Um, well, I won't say since Plax, but he'll be like Plax. Uh, um, Whoa, but you're this was fun. Uh, little, little shots at Odell and uh, Victor Cruz there, huh? I, I'm saying the type of wide receiver, the type of impact. Okay. They had a different impact, a different impact. But Fair. all that aside, I hope the moves are there. I actually hope it for the Jets too because they still have the money and they still have the room Just to do give things. Just give me a corner, um, man. Yeah. But appreciate everybody listening in and hope you had fun because we did. See you next time. Yes, sir. Oh, 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 oh,